Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There was an incident in one of the department stores in San Francisco, and one of our employees was let go because he was a crossdresser. Some customers found him offensive, I guess. And uh, I, luckily, he was uh, the friend of Linda Ronstead at that time. Uh, who was a singer, I don't know if you remember, but uh, she, she, she took a great offense to it, and good for her. They, they picketed the store the next day, and uh, they were forced to hire back that employee, and they rewrote their policy on uh, what was acceptable and not acceptable in their stores. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. We are your hosts, Carlene Higgins, and this is Jill Dunn. Hi, everybody. Do you have your Proud to be Canadian lipstick on, Jill? I'm going to swipe it on right now. I've got mine on. I'm going to swivel up this black tube. Of course, we're talking about MAC Cosmetics, and this is the limited edition lipstick. They launched it last year for Canada Day. It is back, and it is just as flag red. Oh my god, I, I love, love this. It. This looks great on you. Thank you. I'm gonna. Sl- I'm putting it on right now, guys. Yeah. I'm living dangerously without a mirror. Ooh. <laughs> How creepy do I look right now? <laughs> do not look creepy yet. Okay, you have to talk while I put it on. Okay, here we go. Today's episode. This is part two of episode thirty on the legendary, unstoppable Mac Cosmetics with the OG co-founder Frank Toskin. If you tuned into part one, which I certainly hope you did, you heard all about Frank Toskin's remarkable early life immigrating to Canada as a young boy and his literal and proverbial journey to starting MAC Cosmetics. You look amazing. Oh, you need me again. I'm taking a selfie. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you look fab. Well, I'm this is you. the appeal or the allure of lipstick is just sitting here. I'm, I'm, I put it on and I was I was watching you talk, but I'm I'm over here. Guys, I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let you camera. in on a little secret. It is twelve fifteen in the AM right now. <laughs> we are doing instant makeovers with yeah. this lipstick, and it's working. It really is. Hot. I feel way we better. Look so tired. <laughs> now we look amazing. We look fantastic, but we need more flag waving in our lives. So I'm I'm so thrilled that we have these proud to be Canadian yes. limited edition. And we're twinning Absolutely. wearing them. Yes. That was part one. In today's episode, part two of episode 30, we are going to regale you with some juicy celebrity stories. We are going deep on Mac Viva Glam, celebrating 25 years in 2019. 
earned $480 million. This is blockbuster stuff. And counting. Yep. We had always heard about Viva Glam. It's mm-hmm. legendary. They've had We used Nick- to go to Fashion Cares yeah. when it existed in Toronto. And they had Nicki Minaj as the face, Ricky yeah. Martin, Miley Cyrus, Elton John, like you name it. All of the boldface names have been part of Viva yeah. Glam. Mm-hmm. And but sitting on Frank's couch, you and mm-hmm. I hearing firsthand about who inspired this mm-hmm. entire movement, Frank's yeah. friend. Yeah. We were both moved to tears. Oh yeah. We had all had the tears welled up and the little tissue dabbing going for yes. sure. It was an emotional <laughs> moment and I think it's really tied into the DNA of this brand. Everything is done with passion and emotion. You're gonna hear about that later. Yes. Um and we're gonna also talk about what Frank is cooking up next, a food and wellness endeavor. Yeah, it's a food thing. I love it. Yeah. And Finally, remember in part one where we teased a scholarly book that's all about Mac Viva Glam. Mm-hmm. It's being published as we speak. Mm-hmm. And well, we decided to phone a friend. We yeah. wanted to call up the author, Andrea Benoit, mm-hmm. and get to know a little bit more about the project yeah. um, and all the people she talked to for it and yeah. um, learn a little bit more about her research. Yeah. Um, and it's fascinating. So we have that coming up as well. Yeah, she But first, Carlene, and I was listening to the Beauty of Vanity Now podcast. It's put out by Beauty Papers Magazine in collaboration with Harvey Nichols, so it's based in the UK. And recently they had Terry Barber on as a guest. And if you guys don't know, Terry Barber is an incredible makeup artist. Follow his Instagram. It's hilarious. Um, And he is the director of makeup artistry at MAC, and he's been with the brand forever and ever and ever. And he was recounting the early days of his career working at Mac's first UK counter. And I think this upcoming clip really paints a picture of the culture that Mac was creating at every single counter around the world. Let's listen. And what were the clients like? All kinds or? All kinds. Yeah. You know, lunch ladies, you know, half in across lunch ladies, hipster kids. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of industry people. I always remember Pat McGrath always being at the counter saying, oh, you're making me spend money again. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrities. But it was very, you know, like you'd see the the queue for the cash desk and you'd see two grannies, a couple of hipsters, Cher, a couple (laughs) of lunch ladies, um, Princess Diana, you know, yeah. It was amazing. It's like a it was watering like a, hole yeah, of makeup. Pretty much. You know, um, and no we, one killed each other. We used to get people <laughs> come and line up and they didn't even know what we were selling. Really? They used to get to the front of the queue and go, Right, what are you selling? I'm like, You've waited all this time <laughs> and you're like, Yeah, but it looked great. So I thought <laughs> I'd just stand here. Their hiring practices were certainly unconventional at the time, and that was all part of the magic. Well, you know, I hired like people. And um, we never discriminated because artists are generally creative and you can't put them in a white lab coat and tell them what to say and what to wear. And we gave them an incredible amount of freedom to be who they were. And that, uh, you know, uh, empowered us because they became very loyal people who, who loved what they did because they were allowed to do what they love. And um, that created an electricity and, and, and an energy at the counter. And, uh, you know, our staff was never boring. They were allowed to have piercings and they were allowed to cross-dress. There was freedom there. And uh, that freedom just created this electricity at the counter and this show that just went on and on. And, and that always, you know, attracted a lot of attention from all kinds of people. 
but controversy struck when Mac started handing out free condoms at counters at the height of the AIDS epidemic. That was, that was the conflict, you know, like we were, we were growing and we needed to grow because pe- our product was in the demand, but yet we were growing sometimes with people that didn't uh, necessarily believe uh, in everything that we, we stood for. Luckily, we had developed a strength in, in, in money and money talk sometimes to retailers. We used that platform to say, hey, we're here, you don't like us, we're out. And, uh, you know, it didn't always go over well handing out condoms, particularly in, uh, you know, the 80s. But, uh, hey, that's what was needed and that's what we did. And that's what I think set us apart from everyone else. And that was a, a, an incredible uh, opportunity to, to use what we had created to do good. People still face discrimination today, let's be real, but I think we can agree that we are in a better place today than we were 20 odd years ago. And a big part of that is thanks to people and brands who took a stand for equality in the workplace. We actually really got off on doing that kind of stuff because we were always the underdog and and any opportunity to stand up. Uh, we, we, we celebrated. Uh, there was an incident in one of the department stores in San Francisco and one of our employees was let go because he was a crossdresser and a beautiful crossdresser. I mean, very few people n- actually knew and he was a great salesperson, a great artist and he was uh, a real asset to our company. And uh, he was let go because uh, he, some customers found him offensive, I guess. And uh, I, luckily, he was uh, the friend of Linda Ronstead at that time, uh, who was a singer. I don't know if you remember, but uh, she, she, she took a great offense to it, and good for her. They, they picketed the store the next day, and uh, they were forced to hire back that employee, and they rewrote their policy on uh, what was acceptable and not acceptable in their store. So, you know, that was a, a, that was a, a situation that really changed attitudes in the department store. Remember earlier when Frank mentioned that unbreakable bond that is your family? Here's an example of the lengths that his loved ones would go to to support his dream. I had the fortune to to have people in my life who cared for me and who wanted to see me succeed. And, uh, you know, people like Frank Angelo, people like my parents who mortgaged their house for me to, you know, uh, move on with my business at times where it was sometimes uh, uncertain. And uh, but again, you know, we were we were a team and we were there for each other. And that became our strength. And uh, I tell you, having family is amazing because at the end of the day, if it's payday and you don't have the money they'll still be there on Monday (laughs) and and Saturday and Sunday Uh, so having that kind of uh, support was very important for for the for the success of that brand every successful beauty brand can be traced back to a defining moment we've covered many of them right here on breaking beauty podcast when the bestseller became a bestseller for Mac like many others it was a combination of star power meeting print power Magazines, remember those? None of this was paid for, by the way. I didn't believe in advertising, and that was uh, something that we were very uh, strict about from the beginning. I didn't believe you know, that telling people they needed your product was the way to go. I believed in creating a need for the product. It was a pivotal moment, and that was probably the time that uh, I, I opened a magazine, and there we were. I think it was a four-page spread in People magazine, which was a big 
big magazine at the time. It was probably one of the largest circulations. And there was Madonna and Lady Di and Naomi Campbell and Linda Evangelista all talking about Mac. The next day, uh, I guess after reading that article, we had calls from every major department store and retailer uh, in North America and Europe wanting to carry our product. They were all talking about Mac and how wonderful uh, you know, it was to have discovered this product that worked for them and uh, to discover this company that stood for so much more than just makeup. Uh, you know, we had uh, many initiatives at that time. We had Back to Mac, we had uh, Cruelty for Your Beauty, and uh, you know, we had Viva Glam. We had many initiatives that people embraced. So people didn't come to us just to buy a lipstick. They came to us, even if they wouldn't, weren't wearing lipstick, they'd come to support, like the Viva Glam program. Many women would come in just to buy it for their friends, even if they weren't wearing makeup. Um, so there were so many reasons people liked associating themselves with us because they felt that they were helping um, others as well. Let's talk about one of the most iconic MAC lipsticks of all time, Russian Red. The first shade I ever created was called 100% Red. And then um, one day uh, I got a call from Madonna's makeup artist, Debbie Mazur, and she said, I'm, I'm working on Madonna's tour. And she said, we need to create some products. And uh, she said, I'd like a really strong lipstick like this uh, lipstick that was 100% Red, but I want it to be really, really matte. So I created this lipstick called Russian Red and uh, I think she wore it on her album cover and it became sort of like the signature color on her Blonde Ambition tour. And it was like this really, if you remember Madonna back in the 80s, it was, it was all about her red lips. And uh, she certainly put us on the map with that color. So many trends come from marketing teams these days. It's almost hard to remember the days when trends and color inspiration actually came from the creativity and energy of an artist. My inspiration was the runway and my friends. You know, I had friends that were in the industry. I had friends that were, that were models. I had friends that were designers. I had friends that were artists. And uh, I was fortunate enough that, uh, you know, I had an inside uh, kind of look at to what was going on. And, and fashion, you know, what we wear on our bodies kind of dictates what, we'll, what, what makeup trends will kind of be uh, a, a complement that. And so I knew beforehand what was going to be coming out the year after. And, uh, you know, so I had kind of a head start. I wasn't in a boardroom deciding, you know, what, are we, what campaign are we going to, like, put out there to, to sell this product that we've just created. We don't know if it's going to sell. We don't know if it's even going to take off. I knew that we were creating our own demand. Um, so I was very fortunate that I had that, uh, you know, that I was at the bottom. Up next, the incredible inspiration behind Mac's legendary Viva Glam lipstick. The proudest accomplishments, I think, and I'm proud for the company to have, you know, continued that, that initiative. Uh, back in the uh, 80s, it was a very sad and dark time, and um, my very close friend was dying of AIDS. I was called into the hospital. Um, they told me to put on a, a robe and a mask and gloves, and, uh, you know, I, I went in, and I was told to keep my distance, and I realized, uh, you know, how horrible that must have been for him to be looking at these people, uh, looking at him like a leper. And uh, that ignited something in me, you know, an anger that I took with me, and uh, I, I, it came to visit me later on, but I knew that someday that, that moment would, would inspire me to, to do something with that because it was a very sad time. It was a very dark time for our community here in, in all, all over the world. It was a very dark time. And uh, so 
you know, his, his, his passing didn't go in vain, so I, I kind of attribute this success to, 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 the, to John Lazoric and uh, very grateful that uh, I, I had that, that, that I did something with that opportunity um, that I was offered. It was like a gift from John to say, you know what, I may not have the ability to do anything now, but Frank, take it forward and do something with it. That was such a horrible uh, time in, in, in our lives because we were all, as a community, really saddened by where we were put. We were being put away and, uh, you know, we lost a lot of people. I never wanted this to look like a marketing scheme, you know, so uh, we made sure uh, that every penny went back to, uh, you know, what it was raised intended for. Um, we demanded that our retail partners didn't take a makeup. Our sales staff never took any commissions on this product, and uh, so we sold it right through. 100% of every MAC Viva Glam lipstick that's sold goes directly to the MAC AIDS Fund, and I'm very proud of that. Hello. Hi, it's Jill. And this Hi, is Carlene. how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. Maybe we can just start with your name and your profession. Sure. So my name is Andrea Benoit, and I am an academic. I have worked for the last few years as an adjunct assistant professor uh, in the Faculty of Information and Media Studies at Western University. And right now I work at the University of Toronto in an academic administrative role. Great. The book is coming out uh, hopefully next spring, but it will be 2019, and it's called Viva Mac, AIDS, Toronto Fashion, and the Philanthropic Practices of Mac Cosmetics. And so with a thesis, you know, typically you have an idea and you prove it and then you come to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. What conclusion did you come to in terms of the significance of Mac Viva Glam and the whole campaign? It sounds kind of, uh, I don't want to say a cop-out, but it sounds, it sounds like to me it was something that could not be reproduced. It was a particular set of people and a particular convergence of events. You had uh, the revitalization of the Toronto fashion industry and the cultural industries in general in the 80s. Uh, you had that happening. You had the AIDS epidemic happening and the particular ways that activist networks um, uh, were responding to AIDS in Toronto in the 1980s. And then you had the emerging pattern of the commodification of social causes starting in the late 80s and working into the 90s uh, that everything kind of converged and it was the right people in the right place at the right time with the right energy. And I determined that, you know, perhaps one of the reasons nobody has written much about this is that it can't be used as a, as a model for how to do good branding or how to make a really great ad. You know, it's something that arose so organically and authentically with the right set of, set of circumstances at that moment um, that it stands alone. There's really nothing else that um, could compare to the way that the Franks developed their business and made their contribution to AIDS and AIDS fundraising and AIDS advocacy at that particular moment in time. Who could possibly embody such an important initiative and keep that playful, positive Mac spirit alive? 
Sashay, Shantae. Sashay, Shantae. Turn to the left. Now turn to the right. You see these jewels? They are paid for. Are you ready for this? A sachet? A chante? All right. I thought so. <laughs> I have one thing to say. You better work, bitch. Right? Would it be Elizabeth Taylor? Would it be uh, who? Who would it be? Who would it? Would she be young? Would she be black? Uh, and uh, I could never like uh, put my finger on it. I never. I never. It was so abstract to me because I don't. I never thought one person could could uh, represent all of what Mac was. And uh, one year I was in Wigstock in New York, and uh, my friend Donald Robertson, who had moved to uh, New York, um, I don't know if you're a very successful artist, his wife Kim worked for us, and so he took me to Wigstock, and, and, and RuPaul was performing. And, uh, you know, we, we, I think we both looked at each other and thought, wow, like, this, this is it, because we had talked about a face. And this is this is it. He lived the community. He 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 was uh, touched by all of the same things uh, that we were touched by. He fought for the same things that we were fighting for, and uh, he was all about makeup. I mean, God, he wore more makeup than anybody else that I had seen. He kind of had fun with it. It wasn't so serious, you know. It was what about makeup can do. Uh, not not that it was corrective. It was it was also like here it is. Here's your paint paint up your face to which however you, you you know whatever way pleases you and have fun with it I'd love to have gotten a Vogue cover with him uh, we tried to pitch for that but I think it was too early on maybe today <laughs> it wasn't about money it was about uh, him you know jumping on this bandwagon that we were on and and making a difference and becoming part of this 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 team of Mavericks that was going to change not only the cosmetic industry but change how People saw the, the community, you know, um, what AIDS was doing to us, and uh, yeah, we were all, we were on the same page. Mac wasn't just breaking down barriers when it came to race and gender. They were also leading the charge when it came to mindful consumption. One of the things that I resented was overpackaging, and the cosmetic industry was very guilty of overpackaging, <laughs> especially in the 80s. And it's something that I always like uh, was very offended by. So we stripped it down to bare minimal. Uh, you know, we created the single pots, which up till then were rarely seen. People bought them in in in, in trios. Recycling was very important. So we took back uh, every for every five containers with uh, that initiative. We we gave people a free lipstick. So they, uh, you know, they didn't change the garbage of the world, but they certainly got to thinking about it. And I think, you know, that's what it was all about, getting people thinking, getting them involved, um, getting them going, igniting some, some thought around, uh, you know, the crises that are about to take over this world. In 1994, the two Franks sold a 51% stake in Mac to Estee Lauder. In 1997, Frank Angelo passed away of a cardiac arrest following a surgery. One year after that, Frank Toskin sold the remainder of the company to Estee Lauder. We were adamant about keeping creative control. Um, you know, Estee Lauder was a great company. Uh, we ran into a situation where we could not keep up with our demand. Uh, and we had a very large black market situation in Asia. Uh, I was sent over there to look at a Mac store, and I went there, and there was a Mac store with Mac employees and Mac product, but it was not Mac at all. <laughs> and uh, we went to, you know, we went to the government there, and we we, we went through some conflict, and we uh, asked 
uh, we were told that if we didn't use, start using our brand within a year in that country and we didn't start trading, that we would lose it. Uh, so we had to respond to that. Uh, we had a very short time and we couldn't do it on our own and we had to align ourselves with somebody that had distribution in all of those countries already. And uh, Estee Lauder was at the top. They were a credible company who were doing many great things. And we uh, tapped into their distribution and within a few months we were all over the world. Um, and that was part of the reason we, 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 we needed that that relationship and we needed that partnership. That company had grown up, it had taken on a life of its own and it was ready to walk on its own. And uh, I felt that, uh, you know, I had given it as much as I could up till that point. And uh, I felt there was a great cost to me personally. I had lost Frank at that time. And uh, I felt that I needed to look inward and find out who I was and what things I had given up in, in, in that time that I had dedicated everything that I had to this brand. And family was very important to me. I adopted four children and, uh, you know, to, to get that sense of, of family again. And uh, as a gay couple, that was very controversial back then, but uh, we managed to, to fight through it and we got four beautiful children. And uh, so I, 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 had to, I had to do that. So um, I think looking inward and, 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 and re-energizing myself and empowering myself again to do, uh, you know, to take another step in a different direction, I needed that time off. It was bittersweet. There was a great feeling of loss because I had, uh, because of how entrenched I was in that brand and how much the brand was about me and how much uh, I had given to it. You know, there was a there, there was a feeling of, of of loss, and I had, you know, people were defining me by the brand. So you know, to have that ripped away from you all of a sudden, it, it was a it was a big it was a big loss, and there was uh, you know a moment where I felt very much like I had nothing underneath my feet. But, um, you know, I, I try to stay focused on, on, on the beautiful children that I now had. Entrepreneurship is notoriously addictive, and Frank Toskin is no less passionate today than he was in 1984. Perhaps not coincidentally, like Lev Glasman of Fresh and Bobby Brown of Bobby Brown Cosmetics, his new endeavor focuses on beauty from the inside out. It's called Impact Kitchen, and it's fine, fresh, fast food that follows a paleo diet. So no gluten, minimal processing. I happen to go to the location in Toronto's East End near my workshare space, and I can attest to how delicious the salads and baked goods are. There are two other locations in Toronto, and a new location is opening in South Beach next year. I also started a new business, uh, which is, um, um, you know, totally unrelated, but related in some way because as, as I grew older, I realized how important health was. And, and most of who we are is obviously who, you know, is, is about what we eat. So um, that's always been, food has always been a passion of mine. And I thought I would take a stab at creating this brand impact. I met uh, someone who became my trainer years ago and we kind of collaborated on, on some ideas and we developed an incredible menu. Uh, so we started this restaurant that's basically uh, sort of follows a paleo diet. We're uh, gluten-free, sugar-free, all of the things that tend to create havoc with our bodies. And uh, I, I, I found that uh, you know eating well made me feel better. It gave me much more clarity. And, uh, you know, beauty, I did beauty from the outside. Now I'm kind of doing, doing, trying to do it 
from the inside. Yeah, it's 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 a whole new life. Um, you know, hey, I've got some 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 time left. I better make good use of it. I'd love to you know do more education around uh, you know healthy eating because uh, you know obesity has like uh, it's the next crisis and uh, teaching young children how to uh, eat properly, going into schools and delivering great lunches would be uh, something is something that I want to work towards. Frank and his current partner have four adopted children, twin boys age 21, a daughter of the same age, and a younger son who's 20. We asked Frank if any of his children aspire to the business of beauty themselves. My boys are, have no interest in the beauty industry at all. They're, they're uh, not interested at all. My daughter started with, uh, she took a great interest. She loves makeup. Um, she worked for Mac for, for a short time. She worked in the store and she worked in, in the office. She wears her makeup beautifully, but uh, she's taken a little bit of a turn. And I think uh, having gotten into this other business impact and eating well, she's uh, looking at more um, how she can look after herself from a, from a wellness point of view. Iconic beauty brands aren't built on the blood, sweat, and tears of one person alone. But don't take it from us. Wise words from the legend himself. Build a team around you that you can count on because it's very difficult to make it on your own. You're going to have to count on somebody at some point in time, and I think the people that you surround yourself with are going to be your power. Thanks for tuning in. Visit BreakingBeautyPodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time.